Welcome to Mirror Finish, the official podcast of Great Lakes Stainless, episode 25. This is Paul and Travis. Mike is out sick, and I should probably be out sick too, but I came in because I'm a company man. I'm a team player. Oh, so getting getting the rest of your fellow employees sick. That's, yeah, real team player. I'm wa- washing my hands. I'm keeping my distance. And on this episode, we had Ann Bonnie. Uh, last episode, we were talking about life coaches and decided to get an actual one in here to clarify things because we weren't really familiar with the profession. And she agreed, and we had her on, and she was great. She doesn't actively life coach anymore. Uh, she is a professional speaker, and what else did she say? I'm trying to remember now. Because we recorded it last week. We didn't get a chance yeah. to record right afterwards like we usually do. She's a professional speaker, and it shows. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. She's totally comfortable in front of the mic. Um, I, you know what's funny? When we started recording this, I noticed that one thing that I tend to do, when I start speaking, it's at a higher volume, and then it tapers down. That's interesting. And you can see it. You know, right on the program, hmm. the, you know, the, the amplitude of the waveform. Yeah, but with her, obviously, she's so used to it. She just, she doesn't do that. This is one thing I noticed. think that's related to issues with your past, or is that... <laughs> we're going uh... to unpack it <laughs> right here in the intro. Let's unpack it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, she was great. She, she talked about um, what she did when she was life coaching, her approach, difficult clients she had in the past... And she even gave some tips on what people can, can do now. We spoke a little bit about this constant barrage of negativity that we're getting from the media and social media and kind of everywhere and how to keep your head up, how to stay positive. Well, I noticed we had uh, an interview this morning, so we're obviously still hiring. I'm not, I don't know what position it's for, but... I'm not sure either. But I, I know we were hiring welders, finishers, I think woodworkers too, if I remember right. Yeah, we got that big uh, Saginaw Casino job. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure if I can mention the name. I don't know. On the podcast. I don't see why not. I'll ask Mike, and if, if not, I'll yeah. I'll bleep it just out. Just bleep it just, out. You can just wonder. Yeah, make it. Yeah, <coughs> people are like, shit. Is that for the Pentagon? What's he doing? <coughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so yeah, still hiring. Go to the careers tab on our website. Check out available positions. And while you're there, uh, the news tab, podcast, and Instagram feed. And Travis been posting some real cool stuff. I meant to, I told Sue, I meant to tell you. Um, are you taking those with your phone? Yeah. Those are really good pictures. Yeah, those are just phone pictures. Yeah, those yeah. are really good. iPhone in five minutes of desperation, knowing I have to make an, I should make an Instagram <laughs> post. That's what that is. Nice. Uh, one thing that uh, we did mention in the podcast we were going to throw in the intro was a website. If you're interested in resources for life coaching, uh, it's the International Coach Federation, the ICF, and the website is it's a little different, becoma.coach, so B-E-C-O-M-E-A dot coach. So if you're interested in just finding out more information or actually getting into the field, go to that website, and they got a lot of great resources uh, to check out. You know, when we did the episode, it got me thinking on, because she was talking about hurdles that people face, overcoming fears and stuff mm-hmm. to do you know, what they've always wanted to do. And it kind of got me thinking because, you know, we've, my wife and I have had a plan for a while to um, make goat cheese, raise yeah. goats and, and stuff that like that. That is not a joke, folks. No, it's this not. the legit dream of Paul's uh, Run a goat cheese, farm. man. Yeah, he wants a goat farm. Run a little farm. Yeah. And uh, I would like to eventually branch out. With, I did a lot of research, and Michigan is actually super restrictive on dairy products as far as regulations and the facility. Uh, so I figured, you know, if I'm going to be going to that extent to make a manufacturing facility, I'd also throw in a licensed kitchen, and that way I could do more than just goat cheese. You know, just right. kind of at first start with the goat cheese, and once that starts coming in, phase two will be the licensed kitchen, and on and on and on. And we got some, we got some property, and like to put it to good use. What about... What about you? A long-term plan, dream, anything like that? You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think in the future I wouldn't mind uh, heading north. Yeah. That's that's it. That's what I'm looking forward to right now. Once the kids yeah. are out of high school, yeah, uh, heading north. You mentioned Marquette because you spent some time there just a couple of weeks ago, right? I love Marquette. Yeah. Uh, anywhere in the UP, really. Um, yeah. As much as I like people, I like being away from people. <laughs> A little more, I think. Yeah. And that's a great place to do it. Yeah, it is. I saw the local store, they had a book just about the UP 
and I just was reading like the, the inside cover and someone, I don't know who it was, had the quote of the UP is just, it's miles and miles of miles and miles. Yeah, that's exactly like what it is. Nothing. And when we go over to Wisconsin to visit Sue's family, it's a beautiful drive, but there's always that nervousness, like, well, what if I break down? Because uh, you got to make sure you got you got gas, yeah. you, know, you gotta you got to prepare a little bit. But you're in the UP, people will stop and help you. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a while before they get there, but somebody will most likely stop yeah. and help you. Yep, and they uh, don't offer to pay them. They won't ask for money. Just a handshake, and you're on your way. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. I don't know. Oh yeah, could be a pipe dream of mine, but I think that sounds pretty good. Well, like Ann said, don't let, don't make excuses. Don't let fear stand in your way. And I was, I was actually bummed to find out that she's not a life coach anymore because mm. I, I probably would have tried to get the company here to pay for me to go to life coaching there just, you go. just for the experience Heck and yeah. uh, report back, but. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to talk the boss into that one. No. No. Well, she does have a podcast called Igniting Courage that I've subscribed to, and I think there's 15 or 16 episodes out, and I've listened to them all. And some of them are just like four or five-minute tips and motivational things, and then the others are actual interviews with people uh, that she knows that have you know, been in a certain place in their life where they weren't sure where to go next, and... Overcame the hurdles and achieved their dream. So it, it's a good. It's a really good podcast. So I encourage people to check that out anywhere you find your podcasts. I use Podcast Addict, which I think uses the iTunes library as its resource. Right. So it's definitely on there, but it should be on pretty much every platform, just like us. So, yeah, check us out on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, review us. That really helps uh, bump us up in the rankings. And I think uh, last time I checked, we were at over just over 2,300 plays. I'm impressed. Yeah. Very impressed. So, Been doing it for about a year, right? Um, the beginning of April will be a year. Uh-huh. We'll have to have a special one-year yeah. anniversary, anniversary episode. Yeah. We'll have to think of what to do with that. I know Mike was planning on having Tony Anderson, or asking him, Tony Anderson of the Cherryland Electric Podcast have yeah. him on. Yeah. Uh, I think we've, we've collaborated on some stuff. We may have. Uh, but I've also I've listened to their podcast, too. they got some really good stuff. i listened to the ones on electric cars, the one on nuclear energy. They've got all kinds of stuff about renewable. And what I thought was really cool is it really, you know, that's the renewable energy is such a hot topic nowadays. And it's nice to get a perspective, not from uh, a political point of view, but from an industry. Right. And see the, the challenges they face. You know, people are like, oh, I'm paying. I can't believe I pay this much for energy. Well, when you listen to them, they're like, yeah, well, this is why. Yeah. You know, it's not just, and Cherryland is nonprofit. Right. So it's like, we're not going to screw you. Yeah. You know, the point of us existing is to provide affordable power to people, and we'll try to do that any way we can. Yeah. And so if other people are like, why isn't Cherryland adopting more renewable? It's like, well, you're now paying 11 cents a kilowatt hour. You want to pay a dollar a kilowatt hour? So uh, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. Then you'll you'll bitch about the raising rates. Yeah. In the same breath as bitching about why they didn't. Adapt a different technology. So. Lose, lose, folks. Yeah. It's like, you know, fine. <laughs> Hence the reason I want to head up north. There you go. Yeah, just subsistence living. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, not, no, I don't not think I'm going to live off the land now. I don't think I'm going to backwoods it. Okay. You know, no. I'll okay. still buy my meat at a store. Some of it. Okay. Maybe grow some of my own vegetables. Sure. Well, what about your buddy in Alaska? Isn't that basically what he's doing? He is subsistence living up there. Have you talked to him lately? No, I don't, you know, we were never, uh, we were friends throughout school and stuff like that, and then obviously separated, as most people do, yeah. but, you know, um, just, you know, he popped up on Facebook, people you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Come find out he's uh, doing the subsistence living thing up in uh, Alaska. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, don't, I, I'm, I think I'm like you. I, don't, I wouldn't dive headfirst into it, do the whole thing, but what's wrong with, you know, doing a little hunting, fishing? Yeah. Exactly. Growing some of your own stuff, and then whatever you need, you can get from the store. Yeah, exactly. Just simplify. Yeah. God, that sounds so good. Yeah. Now, I wonder what people, you know, I'm sure we have listeners in huge metropolitan areas around the world. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I don't want to make it seem like that lifestyle isn't hectic or crazy. Yeah. Greetings, Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Shanghai. You're on the phone. Uh, Shanghai, you're on the air. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, when I interned with GM in college, that was just down in um, downstate, you know, yeah. Warren, Rochester yeah. Hills. Yeah. And I... Rochester? Is that what I said? No. Ro- oh, Rochester. I've heard people call it Rochester. Rochester? Yeah, Rochester. Huh. I wonder if that's like a local, um, just weird... Or somebody who didn't know. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you hear ads on the radio that are obviously recorded by people not from the area, and they say Peshawby Town. Wait, what? Yeah. You know that's one of my favorite things, mispronounced words. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nothing brings a greater smile to my face than Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Or library. Library. Yeah. My my daughter says library. She's seven. So. Okay, well. But. You can probably beat it out of her in the next uh, year. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, I heard someone the other day here say Pacific instead of specific. Pacifically? Pacific. Blessing in the skies when you hear that kind of thing. (laughs) Supposedly. Supposedly. Oh, man. I could go on for days. What were some other ones? I have to make sure I say it right because I purposely say it wrong all the time now. Um, Stanima? No, stamina. But... But you switched the M and the N? Yeah, I heard heard somebody do that, and so I just started doing it all the time. And now I legit get confused. I'm like, which way is it? Yeah, you've been been doing it so wrong on purpose so long. Yeah, yeah. I love it, especially stamina. Stick stamina. Shit. Stamina. That doesn't even you say it so much it doesn't even sound like a word anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love it when people are like trying to impress you or trying to sound intelligent, and then they do that, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like uh, I heard one person, there, uh, it was some like stupid reality show, one of them dating ones, and this guy was trying to impress like this panel of women. And he, he meant he meant stigma. He said stigma. <laughs> like, bro, that is way different. <laughs> oh, man. And they're always uh, like, what? Sick of the social stigmata. <laughs> but yeah, if you have any other words like that that you hear, feel free to email yeah. us. Yeah, you know, I am disappointed at the low volume of email that we've been getting. Really? So. A, I thought we were getting a lot. About- no, maybe it's caught in the spam filter. I'll check again. But uh, yeah, check again. <laughs> yeah. No, you just checked this morning. But maybe check yeah, again. I'll get. Uh, so if you have any words like that that you hear mispronounced wrong or anything like that that uh, make you smile like I do, just feel free to email yeah. us. Yeah, email us, and we'll mention you um, in the next episode. Mention you by name or not, if you don't want, and I might send you a signed eight by ten glossy. Okay. You know, I didn't know you had those. I don't. But I don't well, make them throw it out there. Yeah. yeah. So I still want to get... Glamour uh, shots? Glamour shots. Holy shit. Dude, I remember those. Remember? Oh, oh that was... My mom had some done. Her and her sisters went. Oh, like 20 years ago, right? I mean, that's one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't like last week. Yeah, they all looked like a, uh, a Reba album cover. <laughs> Yes. Yep. So hold, they hold up the collar, the denim jacket. The denim jacket. Holy shit. Uh, sometimes feather boas, you know what I yep. mean. Um, that was big in, see, that was in high school for me. I it was like 90s, girls, yeah. Yeah, I remember girls getting... <laughs> Glamour shots. Late middle school or high school. Oh, man. Here is episode 25 of And By. Any minute. <clears throat> Thanks for coming by in sure. this weather. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, isn't it? <sighs> the Sierra Nevada is going to get another three feet on top of the nine feet they've already gotten last week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, I talked to some people. I was on it. I did a webinar yesterday, and some of the people were in Montana, oh, and they were sure. like, "Yeah, we just got two feet over the weekend, and uh, sure. we're due for some more." Sure. <laughs> wow. Sure. That's a lot of snow. Yeah, pretty intense. Are we supposed to get what another foot? You know, I don't know. I think this storm is kind of wrapping up, but I know there's another one hitting the West Coast. 
I'm not sure. I don't have to fly out till Tuesday, so. Where are you headed? Be good. Indiana. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of work with a medical device company down there, so. Oh. I'm going to be spending a lot of time in Bloomington, Indiana. Okay. Which is actually a cool little town. Cool. No, I've never been there. I don't yeah, it's where Indiana University is, so okay. that kind of brings a different element of culture and food and sort of sure. interest and money and all that stuff, so sure. it's a cool little spot. Yeah, I'll bet. I have to apologize. It's just fighting something. A little flummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been going around and um, working at home. So. Yeah, when you got little kids in the house, too. Yeah, like the first... Um, germ factories. Yeah. <laughs> They're in second grade now, but the, like the first month they went to preschool, you know, that whole September, I was just... <laughs> we'll just bring everything home. Bringing everything home. Here, that's, Dad, that's look just, what I got at school. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're trying to teach them to share, but yeah, some they're stuff. sharing all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved. I used to teach, and uh, second grade was my favorite. Okay. Those kids are—they're not helpless anymore. Right. But they're not sassy and like too individual yet. <laughs> so it's that, like yeah. seven is the perfect age. In general. Hey, Mike. Hey, this is Ann. Hey, Hi, Mike. Ann. Mike. Nice, nice to meet, to meet you. you. Oh, you got your own water. I brought some. I don't do anything nice for Paul, but for other people, <laughs> chill off. Yeah. Well, and you and I have something in common. We went to the same college, right? You, you went to James Madison? Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So I did didn't you, know that. Yeah. So did you grow up on the East Coast? Uh, grew up all over the world. Uh-huh. I lived overseas when I was young. And okay. Yeah. So I ended up going to Interlochen as a boarding student. My parents lived in Greece. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So kind of don't have a home. Okay. <laughs> Is it military? Marriott. Oh, okay. Bigger brats. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we had room uh, service. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So have you been back to JMU at all? Not really. Yeah, me neither. I, you know, I want to go back. Driven though. through, and mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize anything. Yeah. You know, just everything's grown up and changed, and yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I think so. Good there stuff, though. Oh, that's cool. Did you grow up in Virginia? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, both my parents are government. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. This is Travis. Hi. Travis. Nice to meet you. Travis, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, we're just saying that Ann and I both went to the same college. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I listened to a podcast yesterday. Somebody was talking about JMU. Really? Yeah. They went there, went for a visit, but then, I don't know, the dorms were the dorms were segregated, so they decided not to. Oh, so this is a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <it's> a while <laughs> <Okay>. ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, not when I went. It wasn't like yeah. that. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I looked on... Um, um, I got friends that still live close by, and you know, looking at you know Google Maps or whatever, and you can see just the massive expansion they've done. And we actually had a a bid for the new cafeteria come across here, didn't we? Mm, yeah, it was a couple like years year ago or something. Yeah. We're still in the old old offices, so I know we didn't end up doing it, but that was still cool to see that. So I listened to your podcast. Oh, cool! Yesterday. Thank you. So really good. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that? Still new. I started mm-hmm. in October, okay. I think. Yeah, it's all around courage. My I've, as a speaker, my whole theme is igniting people's courage right. to embrace the discomfort so okay yeah so that's yeah. what it's what my podcast is right well i noticed you ask a question to all your guests on that so let me turn that around to you and what is your definition of courage uh my definition of courage that's funny everybody uh i ask everybody else i think it would be it would be a the doing something even though you're scared Sure. You know, it's there's no such thing as fearless, sure. and the courage is taking something that's scary and doing it anyway. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Is, have you? Uh, what times in your life have you come across that? Oh, <laughs> uh, a lot. I mean, having grown up overseas, mm-hmm. going to new cultures, new schools, new kids, having to change all that with sort of no control over that made me sort of okay to hold out my hand and say, hi, I'm Anne, like, let's be friends. So that helps you with adulthood. And then um, I've changed careers a bunch of times as I've sort of evolved personally and uh, not that I've changed completely, but they've all sort of led into each other. So having the courage to do that and then leaving some bad relationships and bad situations that always, that always plays in. So those are the big ones. Lately being an entrepreneur takes a lot of courage. So every day, not going back to a real job. Okay. The the, the lack of that structure. Exactly. Yeah. So how long do you own your own business now? Yep. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Okay. And so what, like if you had to go back to three and a half years ago, I guess a relatively short time, what kind of lessons have you learned? What would you say to yourself back then that's like, hey, watch out for this? 
I would say, honey, it's not going to be as easy as you think. <laughs> okay. You're not going to be making six figures six sure. months into this thing. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, honestly, uh-huh. I'm glad I didn't know that. Okay. Because I don't think I would have done it. Uh, okay. If yeah, I, you could probably put that on my tombstone. It wasn't as easy as he thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't sound hard. Let's try it. Yeah. yeah you, Holy you, crap, this is a ton of work. You recently bought the company from Terry. Yeah. Right? And so... I figured well, that'd be easy. That, yeah. <laughs> Has like everything. Just, you know. Yeah, right. Sign a couple papers. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. shake. No different. <laughs> so how is that? What's different now then for you? Uh, that I personally am obligated by a vast amount of debt. Ah. That I've got to uh, <laughs> sure. satisfy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this the whole thing uh, kind of started. We decided to, to talk about a topic, and life coaching came up. And uh, I know that you had done it and sort of reached out. And thank you for coming. So sure. We really are not very familiar with that profession, so we wanted to have someone on that was. So I guess just to educate us and the listeners, what is a life coach? And it is one of those things that people think a lot of different things about it. Okay. And so there's you know, a lot of confusion on what it is. One of the distinctions, and I wish they'd come up with a different word than coach, because coach basically, we think of sports coach, right? Yeah, sure. We think of the expert in the field. I got to the Olympics. I know how to get to the Olympics. So I'm going to tell you what to do. You do it, and then you'll get to the Olympics right. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Life coaching is totally different. So in, in sports coaching, the assumption is the coach is the expert. But in life coaching, the assumption is that the coachee is the expert in the room. on themselves and so the coach the life coach is not telling that person how to live their life I'm not gonna tell you what to do and how to be successful I'm gonna help you determine what the best road for yourself is and help you figure out what's keeping you from success where are you gonna need to change some patterns of behavior that you're currently doing to help you get to where you want to go Oh, okay Okay, sometimes you have to start with helping people figure out what success actually means for them. Well, and that's absolutely true because yeah. so many of us just follow a path that we think is right. We go to college, we get married, we have kids, we you know, whatever. But then all of a sudden we realize, whoa, this isn't working for me. Now the world is my oyster. Do I want to join the Peace Corps and run off to Madagascar? Do I want to write a book and, you know, move up to the mountains? I can do anything I want with my life. What do I want it to be? Okay. And so the life coach can kind of help talk you through your passions, what what has driven you, what makes you feel um, alive to get to that point where, okay, I want to do this. Now, how do I do that in context of all my responsibilities and my debts and my kids and my, you know, all of that? You know, okay. how do I make it happen? And they can just help to guide you come, to come up with the right answer for yourself. Okay. Yeah, no, I see where um, one of the things I was wanting to get into was about myths to bust about life coaching. And, you know, and all, everything I've read and heard, that specific definition has never come up. So I'm glad that you, know, you clarified that. Um, and kind of relating to your, um, your brand of courage and igniting courage, I can see where, uh, and you said, doing something even in the face of, of fear and the unknown uh, it definitely, if you you know graduate in college, you have essentially your whole life ahead of you. It's this blank slate. That is scary because it's like, uh, you know, because we all have like you're talking about this, these paths that you know for our families or the culture kind of impress upon us that well this is your next step, duh, because this was my <laughs> next step and this is what our culture says is the next step. But in reality, you can go anywhere you want. Right. So you, do you find a lot of what you do is helping people alleviate their fears and getting over their fears? Yeah, and I think that's, and, and I'm not currently life coaching, but when I was, mm-hmm. helping people to, and, and I remember asking the question, why not? Okay. Why couldn't you? Why not? What's keeping you? Okay. How could we work within that parameter but still get you where you want to go? And um, so, yeah, it is working with the fears of redefinition, the fear of new behaviors. Okay. Because a lot of times you have to stop habits. Like if I want to save money to buy a business, I'm going to have to stop buying $5 Starbucks every day on my way to work and every way on my way home. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's a little, what are you going to have to do? Where can you right. adjust to okay. make yourself get there? And so that okay. the life coach just kind of helps you to say, why couldn't you do that? Why can't you do that? Okay. You know? All right. What's holding you back? Well, it seems like there's a lot of uh, psychology involved 
And you mentioned uh, being certified. What's the certification process? There are a lot of different certification processes, and you do have to, if you're going to hire a life coach, you, you want to make sure they've got, um, you know, a credible coaching certification because some coaching is kind of this thing that there isn't, I don't know that there's any regulation around it at this point. Okay. So there may be some things that you get to call a coach, but not really coach. Now, it's not like as, as coaches, we get this vast experience in psychology and the brain and all that stuff, but there is a vast understanding of listening, of identifying patterns for people, identifying what it takes to change habits, a goal achievement, and what it takes to get people to commit to a goal and keep moving towards it. Okay, so if someone is looking for a life coach, then they should probably do a little research on the background of the people they're looking at just to kind of... Absolutely. And the other piece of a life coach, if you're hiring a life coach, you got to find somebody that you connect with. Oh, sure. Just as a human being. Right. Because, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to if if you get along with him. Yeah, yeah. I hate this guy. I'm not taking any of his advice. Yeah, you know, yeah. even if they seem super credible and super smart and they've got all the certifications in the world, if you're completely intimidated by them, you're going to start to, you're going to have a hard time finding your own path because you're not going to be super comfortable with that person. That makes sense. Yeah. So that that's really, you got to look for two things. Okay. And I, I know when I did the coaching too, uh, you know, Ray had done coaching with that training and, um, and you can see that come out in some of the tools he had to help you work through things, you know, where, you know, you ask a question, like, what do you want? Or, you know, what's your background? You know, sometimes somebody thinks about it, you're like, uh, I don't know. But then, sure. you know, he had some tools and exercise he could go through where, you know, he can build you into it and you could really be like, oh, you know, yeah. And, the, you know, there was really a lot of that that we, that we worked through, you know, what's your, uh, you know, what, what do you want? What mm-hmm. is your... How do you see yourself? What is that purpose? And, you know, written exercises and some, you know, whiteboard things that, you know, really help you think about it in a systematic way that leads you to a destination that's necessary to, you know, to, you got to figure out what you want before you can have somebody help you get there. Okay. Well, and yeah. And where you want to go to not mix my metaphors, you got to fix, figure out where you want to go to have someone help you. Like, right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, if it's, this isn't something you've ever thought about, somebody's like, all right, what do you want? And you're like. Uh, you need that systematic yeah. help to get yeah. to get there. I'm sure. So, what are some myths that you see along the road that you think need to be busted about life coaching? The the big one is that they're going to tell you how to lead your life. Ah, okay. I think that's I think that's a big one that they're the expert and they're going to give you answers. Okay. Um, that it's going to be easy and it's going to be all you know and and it's. Some people think life coaching is wishy squishy and we're going to sit in rooms, we're going to hold hands and hug, and I'm going to light a smudge stick. And some coaches are totally okay. like that. And some coaches are, are much more um, factual, systematic. And, you know, again, so that's totally a personal style thing. Right. Some people are going to really respond to the softer approach, the more spiritual approach. Some people just want it to be concrete. But the, mm-hmm. the end result is the same. You're figuring out what do you want and how do you want to get there. Um, so, that's a common myth that it's this ishy squishy kumbaya kind of thing. Sure, trust it falls can be, and, yeah, trust yeah. falls and love fest, <laughs> and it can be, okay. but it doesn't have to be. Okay, um, it just totally depends on the individual coach okay. and the individual coachee. So, sure. um, other myths about life coaching. What are the myths you guys have? I don't know because when we talked about it, I knew nothing about life coaching other than you know the the YouTube videos we saw. What's his name? Oh, uh, Jay, oh, man. that comedian yeah. guy with the long hair. He does the, the red, I don't know if you saw The red-haired the, guy? Yeah. The, oh, the, God, the, he is so funny. The, yeah. the life coach video, I'm like, oh. that is just one I'll of the I'll have to go best. watch it. It, it, was, it was life coach slash motivational speaker. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. So he kind of mixed, those were those were kind of blended in there. But yeah, yeah, he's also done the the vegan ones. Oh, he did God. one about Yes. Him. But he did the one about... He flipped it where he was... Gluten-free. Yeah, that was a big one, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then the one he did about meat, where he was like, he took on the, the popular view of how vegans are, but he was a nothing but yeah, meat. Yeah, yeah. Nothing oh. else. Yeah. So <laughs> carnivore or whatever yeah. like that. Yeah, that guy's a genius. I think another myth might be that life coaching makes it easy. Mm. Okay. Um, and it's not. 
I say, if anything else, it makes it more difficult because you, you're faced with those decisions. And options. Yeah, exactly. You start and to options. realize what yeah. options you yeah, have. Exactly. Um, so I think, well, you know, it's not somebody's going to give you the answers and tell you what to do and answer all. You, you're doing a lot of deep work figuring out what's stopping me, what am I scared of. Um, I think another thing that a life coach does, it draws out what you're good at. You know, as we go through life right. and we fail at stuff and we suck at stuff, we start to think, what what do I know? What I'm horrible. I'm not good at this. And a, a lot of times a life coach can help you pull out like what you're good at and what you're strong at and what you're capable of. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of a it's and it's also a strange way of thinking sometimes if you haven't thought that way. Yeah. Where you're like, I I kind of rock. I'm kind of good at this, okay, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's a whole other way of thinking, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but it scrambles your brain a little for a yeah, while. I, 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 there's, I there's, a, there's a book out there, like Play to Your Strengths or something. I can't remember who wrote it. If you ever hear him speak, he's hilarious. He's so funny. But uh, I really took to that quite a bit where, you know, I mean, in certain areas, there's a certain level of competence you have to achieve and maintain. I mean, you know, if you're in a certain profession, you have to be able to turn on and operate a computer. But if you're not very good at it, and don't enjoy it, man, I really wouldn't encourage anybody to work on it very hard. I mean, find out the things that you have a lot of success with and really enjoy, and then focus on those and just keep getting better at those. Don't, you know. So I should start yeah. trying to learn how to dunk? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. No, keep trying. Keep, keep trying. <laughs> That's not for you, bro. No. That's oh, for everyone else. No. <laughs> well, what, are there some common things that you found with all kinds of different people, like, helping them getting over their fears and encouraging them to, you know, play to their strength. Are there some common things that you have found you have always had to kind of go over with people? You know, accountability is one of those things and sort of perseverance. Um, we, when we, we hire a life coach at first, we're excited because we've got this new shiny toy and we're all gung-ho and we're reading all the books and we're doing all the work. And then two weeks in, it starts to get hard. Okay. And we start to want to slip back into those habits that we've always had that have gotten us where we are. And a lot of people quit the life coaching at that point because oh. suddenly it, you start to have to change things and mm. it's not comfortable. And it's, there's, you know, this life coach, if they're doing a good job, they're holding you accountable to this stuff in a accepting, loving kind of way. But they're still saying, I mean, I remember my life coach once said, all right. Who are you going to vote for for president? And I'm like, what? She goes, no, seriously. She goes, well, who, what side are you on? So I told her. And she said, if you don't finish this this week, you have to make a donation to the other one's campaign. <laughs> and I was like, what? And, uh, and she said, I know this is kind of harsh. And, and a lot of life coaches wouldn't do this, but she knew that this was the right approach for me. And she goes, she said, you've been putting this off for four weeks now. We've talked about it every time we get together. And I don't want to talk about this anymore. So that's what you're going to do. You want to do that? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. She goes, then get it done. Okay. I'm like, damn, Bonnie. <laughs> that, right. was, that was rough. <laughs> but it worked. I got it done. Sure. You know? But um, sometimes we got to call people out on their baloney. Okay. And, uh, and some people don't like that. They don't want that. Yeah, and change is never comfortable. <clears throat> totally. And, and any good change is, is definitely not going to be comfortable. Right. You know? That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Any real good change that makes yeah. a difference. Yeah, if it's going to make a difference, it's not going to be comfortable. Yep, like, yep. Pink was coaching Paul. He doesn't make it past minute 32 without crying. <laughs> 32? That's all? 32. <laughs> Big half hour? That's all you're giving me? I thought I was being generous. I yeah, thought about minute wow. 27. But. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> well, kind of related to that, what are some of the biggest hurdles that you've uh, encountered? Just <clears throat> the accountability piece, getting them that's, to stick with it, getting them to thing. just okay. keep keep on keeping on. Because the, the tough thing about life and change is, and I hate to say this, I'm a endless optimist and like a rainbow painting sunshine person but like it doesn't get any easier change keeps being hard you know and and after years of it maybe it does get easier and it becomes more comfortable but it takes a whole lot longer it's a whole lot harder than we want it to be yeah Kidding. You ever fire a client because they won't yes. work? Yeah. yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't fire her. I just said, you know what? I don't think I can help you. Well, I said, I don't. Him yeah, it, it, yeah, it essentially <laughs> was. Picture of Donald Trump on it. You're fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be kinder, gentler. Sure, right yeah. Um, but yeah, it's when they're when somebody's not ready, when they're not ready okay. to change, and they're just spinning their wheels and wasting their own money. It's like we're not getting anywhere. I don't think I'm helping you. You know, we have great conversations, 
but you can do that with a friend over a martini. You don't need to pay me sure. however many dollars an hour to do that. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But on the other side, I've got several people who have made significant changes in their lives. They were ready. They were ready to take whether it was a leap to leave corporate and start their own company, whether it was being a friend of mine who I ended up coaching. Um, she got married to a wonderful guy who had, she had two little kids, he had two kids, and she was staying at home, but she had never stayed at home. She was super uncomfortable with this, as she just needed to get comfortable with, you know what? The right thing for me that I wanna do, and the right thing for my life right now is to stay home and not work. And so it was her getting okay with that, you know? So, I mean, it's, it can take a lot of different shapes, but once you find that spot, it's like, oh yeah, okay. you know? And then it's okay. And she still fought a little bit with herself that I don't have a job, I don't have a purpose. But then she's like, I do have a purpose. Okay. I'm loving these kids, I'm raising these kids so they can go and be productive, happy adults. Okay, so once, I guess when she came to the point where she accepted the circumstance, and was able to extract the most positivity out of it, seeing that that's when she kind of, you know, got over that, that fear or that, that discomfort. Exactly. Okay. And, and got to a good place. And one of the things we did at that point is, okay, this is going to rear its head again. You're going to be sitting at your, yeah, having put the kids on the bus to school, you're going to be sitting at the kitchen table going, oh my God, I don't have a job. Oh my God, I'm not making any money. <laughs> right, oh my God, I don't have a purpose now. Anxiety. Yeah, exactly. And so we needed to come up with some strategies to help her to talk herself down when she was there. No, this is the choice I'm making. This is the right choice. Here's why I'm doing it. And here's other goals that I'm going to work on to, to make me happy right now. Okay, so would you say a big part of it? is teaching people to self-regulate their emotions. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and to identify them, and to identify okay. the fear that holds you up from changing, the fear that holds you up from having that difficult conversation, whatever it is, okay. to move yourself towards your goals. Now, you came from corporate, right? I did. Okay, what, uh, what corporate, what corporation? Uh, I worked for Town Sports International, which is a large gym chain oh, on okay. the East Coast between Boston and DC, and I ran their whole group exercise program. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, 1,900 instructors, 7,500 classes a week, oh, okay. 160 different gyms. So, yeah, fortunately, I had yeah. I had a team who did the hard work. Whoa. I just told them what to do. <laughs> was there a lot of travel involved in that? Oh, um, not too much. I mean, it was just between Boston and D.C. And oh, okay. I lived in New York, so I just hopped on the train, and it wasn't a big deal. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing a lot more now, which is good. I, yeah. love, I love traveling. So what would you have to do? I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, like, or set up, organize them, set up the classes, or make sure they all, like, here's our class for the next six weeks? Or, I'm um, curious. Yeah, so in the large gyms, we had anywhere between 40 and 120 classes per gym. And so organizing the schedule, making sure the instructors are certified and assigned to a class, substitutes. Then we also have to look at metrics around who's coming to the classes. Are we getting our ROI um, on the class? Got to make sure the equipment's there. Right. Sound system's working. Room's clean. Amazing charts of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's a graph and chart (laughs) feed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got good at Excel. That'd be be (laughs) kind of fun to crunch all that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, math minor, right? So, yes. old data nerd. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know, partial. It's just a minor data nerd. Oh, okay. major data nerd. <laughs> um, so, what what was the point for you when you decided to leave corporate? Um, there were a few different things. It was the first piece was that I would wake up in the morning and I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to get to my job. And this was the job that I had worked up to for the longest time. I was making a lot of money. I had an office. I lived in Manhattan. I was, Mm. you know, traveling first class on the train. And, you know, like, I was big stuff, you know. And I was miserable. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what's your problem? You know, you worked for this. This is what you wanted. Like, this is what everybody wants. Like, what's your problem? And I'm like, I don't know, but I hate it. And, uh... So I started looking around, what do I want to do? And I've always been a performer. I've always done public speaking for the companies I work for, done a lot of presentations and stuff. And I thought, you know, maybe I want to do that. And then the certification I found had education in leadership training, in speaking, and in coaching. So it ended up working out well and kind of got a nice little set of tools to go off and... (laughs) Move in with my parents at 43 years old. Put all my furniture and my ego in storage and see how this goes. 
Uh, so your, your parents live around here? They do, but I don't live with them anymore. Okay. <laughs> sure. Did that clarify? Just clarify that. I got my ego back. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It worked out really well. Yeah, they live here. So when I was leaving corporate and saying, well, where do I want to live? You know, because now again, I've got all, I can go anywhere I want. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let me go live near my family. My brother lives about an hour north. So nice. um, I was like, all right, let's go see what this is like. It's turned out really well. It's working yeah, out. Nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously now we've got um, just a, and we talked about this a bunch of previous uh, episodes. This general negative climate in society, as far you know, with social media and obviously the past few years with the political uh, issues going on. Um, what challenges do you see life coaches having to take on because of that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the suspicion. Oh, okay. We live in such a society of self-protection and suspicion. And life coaching kind of requires you to open up oh. and, and be okay trusting the other person and not thinking this person has an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and especially if somebody is <clears throat> really clinging to their old ways or clinging to their protective whatever, you know, and you start challenging them like, why couldn't you do that? Well, you know, and wh- why couldn't you leave that situation okay. or why couldn't you leave that job? They start to get like, what are you trying to get me to do what you want to do? So I think that would be the biggest challenge okay. and biggest barrier to people trusting the life coach and just being open that the life coach isn't there to make you do anything. Uh, they're just asking and asking some uncomfortable questions, but things that are hoping, hopefully getting you to where you want to get. Okay. So that would be the first thing that would pop into my head. Okay. I remember the episode where you had Molly. Yes. Yes. It talked about vulnerability. Yeah. Oh. So it seems like that people are just so unwilling to be vulnerable and open up by the, the chan- off chance that they'll get hurt. Yep. And, and you know, the, and we were talking about this the other day. We've got, you know, um, for better or for worse, we have um, a lot of people in the media looking back on politicians and celebrities' lives and things they've done in the recent and distant past and then bringing that up and making judgments and people's careers are being ended. So it's like we're creating, it almost seems that we're creating this culture of if you don't live your life, yeah, you know, by this line, by this standard, then at any point in your life, somebody's going to dig it up and they're going to publicize it and the world is going to judge you. It's like, what do you, what do you think that's doing to, to people? You know, it's well, especially kids growing yeah. up knowing that twenty four seven, their stuff's out there. Yeah. You know, even if they're putting it out there, and then all yeah. of a sudden they realize, oh crap, I put that out there. You know, um, I, I say this all the time. I'm so glad I grew up before the internet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like even, even oh, in yeah. Virginia, I mean, these are old school yearbooks they're digging up, and yeah, I mean, like I heard some interviews and. You know, some pretty good perspectives on the radio just from citizens on the street. But, like, you know, one lady was like, who doesn't have something in their yearbook you wish you didn't, you know? Yeah. I mean, good grief. If you got this, I mean, this was, you got somebody, I mean, tons of bad judgments in my, you know, I've got about 30 early 30 20 years of just bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? exactly. it's like, the hair alone. Fortunately, <laughs> the, yeah. Fortunately, oh, there's, yeah. 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 Fortunately, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's not out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, I got pictures of the silk shirts buttoned to the top. Oh, oh. man. I had a mullet. Yeah. All right. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was cool back in the day, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, Somebody I mean, could judge me for that now. Oh, and they will. My browser history alone means I'll never be able to run for public office. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. Well, it's, I was reading Brene Brown's book last, actually listening to it last night, um, Braving the Wilderness. And she talks about how much dehumanization there's going on. Mm. And when we don't know somebody and we're viewing them from a distance, they're not yeah. really a person. You know, right. that's why as I, as I do leadership Profile training. page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not really a person. So I can be mean to them because it doesn't really matter. I don't have to look in their eyes. I don't have to see them as a person. Right. And um, as I do leadership training, I'm always saying, you know, really good idea. Get your team together. If you have a remote team, get them together. Just have a potluck. Just, mm. you know, get together and talk about each other as talk to each other, not about each other yeah. as, as humans, you know, because yeah. you get to realize, oh, Travis is a human being. I really like him. He's pissing me off right now at work, but we both like dachshunds, and we've got the dachshund bond, so, like, you know, it's all good. Sure. So getting to know people as humans, she talks about getting up close. 
Mm. And it's really hard to hate somebody if you realize, oh, you're a cool, cool human. We have a different political view. Sure. You know, I, but I really like you. I mean, yeah. my roommate slash boyfriend is a great example. We voted for different presidential can- sure. candidates. Could have been a very difficult thing. Absolutely. But I know him. I respect him. I like him. I trust the reason he chose who he did. And sure. he feels the same way about me. So it's nice. getting up close and not letting a, something define somebody. Sure. Well, one of my, I listened to uh, Chris Hardwick's podcast. Uh, it used to be called The Nerdist, and now it's ID10T. But he's one of my favorite, favorite people. And I love a term he came up with. I think he came up with it, where we've weaponized anonymity. Oh, yes. So, you know, on the internet, like you just said, it's like we're not dealing with people, we're dealing with profiles. The profile mm-hmm. page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, That's it. I don't have to value them at all. So now I can be a complete jerk for sometimes no reason at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just so you know in that climate, what are you? What do you think are some things that people can do to kind of lift themselves above that and stay positive? One of the things that I think is really important is having making human connections, mm-hmm. like going to things, going out with and different people. You know, we we end up in our little bubble of of people that we know. Go out, meet new people, go to different countries for crying out loud. Um, I'm super you bring up Molly. I'm I'm on the board of a nonprofit. Uh, we build high schools and put in wells and do microloans in Malawi in mm. southern Africa. And she's going with us this year. Cool. Um, but like you get to meet people who are very different than you and who live in a very different way than you and then you realize you know what we're exactly the same we want to go home to a roof and a dinner and have our kids be safe and you know find fulfillment in life like we're all the same even though we're completely different and it's such a good lesson and I think growing up overseas that kind of this is natural in me I don't think there's anything different about us all. Sure, you vote for a different campaigns. Sure, your sexuality is different than mine. Big deal. Right. Um, and you, you just, the more you see and meet and get to know different people, the more comfortable you are with everybody and realizing, oh, you're just a human and, and we're good. Yeah, that kind of came up when we, we had um, Jace from Goodwill on and mm-hmm. talking about the homeless situation mm-hmm. in the area. And, you know, we talked about, you know, um, the preconceived notions of homeless and, you know, categorizing them as a specific class of citizen. But when everybody's basic needs are met, then we're all essentially on the same, the same playing field. And we realize that we got way more in common than, than you know, yeah. what, what we have different. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of unrelated though, what kind of preparations does it take to go to Africa? Or like, you know, uh, a place that does not have you know, like the Western medicine and, and that kind of structure. Is there, is there certain things that you... I've always wondered that because, you know, photographers and, and uh, you know, for like National Geographic, they're always going to these places and like the journalists, the war journalists. What, what kind of preparations do you need to do to go to a place like that? Well, you get a bunch of shots. Okay, all right, sure. <laughs> and uh, you make sure that... Because they have, you know, bacteria and germs and stuff over there that we don't have here sure. so that we're not exposed to. So sure. um, you got to make sure that you're protecting yourself against that. I always take the malaria medication. <laughs> yeah. And people whine about the side effects. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not as bad as malaria. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'd rather have some funky dreams and feel a little queasy. I'm good. Yeah. Um, also finding out what, what to eat and what not to eat. Um, and one of the things that I always have to remind myself because I'm a real veggie kind of person mm-hmm. is raw vegetables that have been washed in their water. Their water has microbes and stuff in yeah. it. You know, like I'll eat a tomato, woo, and all of a sudden I'm down for the count. Right. Um, so just understanding, make sure you eat stuff that's cooked or whatever, just understanding what's going to keep me healthy while I'm there so okay. I can contribute the best I can. Um and then you buy a plane ticket, stick a couple clothes in a bag, and get on the sure. plane. Yeah, sure. maybe an ambient for the flight because it's a long way. Yeah, but, yeah. I'll yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because of my method, terrible method for when we went to Europe. I I tried to like gradually <clears throat> adjust my schedule at home first, and so I kept getting up earlier and earlier. Oh, and earlier I see what you're saying. Yeah. In the day, yeah. That just meant I was completely exhausted by the time we left <laughs> and even more exhausted yeah. when we got there. I don't recommend it. Yeah, I got to do... It was a, a, it was a terrible method. I talked to... Logical. <laughs> not very effective. Okay. Uh, I got to travel with an astronaut one time when I did some morale building tours to Iraq. Oh, wow. And we were like all messed up in our time zone. And she said, this is what you do. When you arrive, you stay up until it's bedtime where you are. And yep. then you wake up, you know, she goes, as exhausted as you are, you stay up, you move around, you do what you need to do until bedtime. And I've always used that. And it makes sense. works really well. Yeah. Do you, is there any, um, 
like cultural research that you do ahead of time? Well, yeah. I mean, you always want to find out. Um, being respectful, you know, okay. being Americans, we're brash, and we, yeah. you know, and you're walking into a country that's 50 to 80% Muslim. Yeah. And so you want to be respectful of them and you want to wear, you know, clothes that are going to be respectful of their culture. And, um, you know, <laughs> one of the funnier things is understanding some hand gestures that may be different than sure. they are here. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, and making sure you're not unintentionally flipping somebody off, yep. you know? Uh, so, yeah, doing a little bit of that research is, is also a very healthy thing to do. I, I heard of, was it, was it Nixon that went to Brazil? And the okay symbol is not okay yeah. in Brazil. <laughs> so we get down there and, like, everything's okay. And the whole crowd's like, <gasps> what? He's just like, oh, let's go back on the plane. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That makes total sense. Oh, excuse me, I'm still fighting that. Oh, man. I wasn't going around, man. Hmm. I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great by. I don't think I'm contagious oh. anymore. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> That's um, right, I have the shots. <laughs> or, yeah, you do. I just talked about that. So you said um, you're going there next week? June, oh, no, no, no. June 16th. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Oh, June sorry. 16th, we leave. Uh, we're there for two weeks. Okay. So what's next year? I think you mentioned Indiana earlier. Yeah, I'm headed down to Bloomington again. I'm doing a lot of work for one company down there, and I love them. So okay. it's uh, great to go down there. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. yeah so so you've Tuesday. been able to keep busy this winter? I'm booked through I'm booked through August. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is a That's good place great. to be as a self-employed person. For sure. Yeah. Hallelujah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what kinds of things then? Uh, you said you're not doing life coaching anymore, so what kinds of things are you Yeah, doing? right now I split my time between leadership training, okay. and really I'm just doing it for this one company now, and um, I'm a professional speaker as well. So okay. I'll go and do keynotes on change and on discomfort and and figuring out how to embrace that discomfort with courage and, and tact and respect and have difficult conversations and, yeah, yeah. all of that. Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. And you said you uh, you were talking about a coach earlier. Was that the business coach that you specifically were talking about? Yes. Yep. Okay. It was a business coach, but, I mean, it's similar. I just, you know, only had to moderately feel my feelings. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and that's a different spot as you move from the continuum. You've got life coach and sports coach. The business coach is kind of in the middle there, where they are an expert. They have done it well, okay. and you are hiring them to tell you how to do it. But also, there should be that element of yeah, but I'm going to put my own little spin on this. Okay, and yeah, you know, it was it was more. Kinda, of, I mean, we were definitely. Uh, the things we talked about, like the accountability and the things we talked about, were focused on work and what we we're doing. But in order to understand, I mean, you have to have some pretty significant reflection and understanding in yourself and mm -hmm. your motivations in order to be a good leader. For you know, I mean, if you're all messed up, good luck to your team. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, guys. So uh, that's all right. We're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Just try one downhill from you to me to the other. <laughs> it it, it does know. though. It totally oh, yeah. does, yeah, man. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, as far as the culture and everything here was going, I mean, one of the worst times I can remember is when everything at the top was really messed up, you know, unhealthy communication and situations, you know, between Terry and his brother, Peter, who was our CFO at the time, and me, who was running the thing, whereas, you know, there was, you know, between the top of the company, there was poor accountability, poor communication, and, you know... Just, you know, fortunately we sorted things out uh, soon enough, but I mean, you could, t I mean, it just goes straight down. Yeah. Shit in, shit out. Through the organization. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I tell when companies co go to hire me for leadership training and they say, fix our people. I'm like, <laughs> are you going to play too? Because otherwise I'm not going to waste yes. your time and are your you money. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, right. We've got to, if they're not yeah. hearing it from the top. You can't just go you know, a golfing retreat and then come back and expect everything to be shiny. Yeah, no. That's insane. No, yeah. that, that probably doesn't bode well for you when you see that. You're like, oh, now I see a group of leaders who aren't willing to take accountability and put in the personal investment to improve. Right. Well, and, and it's it's funny because I'm, I'll say, hey, I'm happy to do it, but I'm going to be training these leaders to realize that your leadership is poor <laughs> and they're going to go lead better oh. in another organization having learned from your money. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, and that always comes up. Every leadership training I'm doing, they're like, what do I do if our leaders don't do that? And I'm like, oh, well, you got a tough situation then. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. You know, you'd hire, you would come in and then do your thing, and then all the people they train turn around and look at you and say, you suck. Yeah. You know, that's what just we just pulled learned. Just the curtain is all it's doing. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? yeah, that's, that's, that's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you, were you able to apply any of the things you learned uh, from to the business, to your life? I'm sure I did. Other than the yearly reviews Other of the life. My yearly reviews! Oh Lord, I'll never go? live that down. Oh God. Yeah, we were out for dinner on New Year's. Yeah. Oh, I got one. Oh my God. Yes, I would receive tip forms. Like, here's a form for your wife's annual review. <laughs> oh, God. We were talking about it. And I said, that's kind of like an annual review. Holy cow. Mm. <laughs> Open mouth, insert foot. Oh, our family thought that was hilarious. Mm. Woo! Did they enjoy that? I'll bet. Yeah. It's an awkward Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. Oh. No, they love. They're the ones that were generating the annual review forms and well, they were me. Uh, after yeah, I set up my own trap there, but <laughs> I yeah. cannot imagine if I tried to do that. <laughs> yeah, you know my right. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. So you mentioned before about people being ready or not ready to be, you know, to use the services of a life coach. If someone is thinking about it, what kinds of things do you recommend they kind of get in line before they reach out to a life coach? Just thinking about what they hope to accomplish, what's not going well, okay. um, what what's their reason for going, and, and what's their level of commitment to the desire to change. Ah. Because the life coach isn't just going to pet you and tell you everything's going to be okay if they're doing their job. I mean, some right. coaches will probably be happy to take your money and pet you and tell you, I'll be okay, but that's not what you're going to them for. Right. Um, and it's not therapy either. You know, they're, they're helping you get somewhere with your goals too. So thinking about what is it I want, what is it I want to change, um, and don't mix it up with therapy. You know, if you okay. need to go get therapy, go get therapy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the first step too. Okay. Maybe it's getting over my stuff and then... I can sort of ratchet down the investment, you know, because hiring a shrink is a little bit more money. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, then maybe I can I can move into a, a life coach. But uh, okay. but think about what is it you want to change? What is it you want to get to? Um, and then, you, you know, it may take meeting two or three different coaches to get the personality that you want and the style that you want. Okay. Yeah. So making sure you're in the right mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about people who've been encouraging to you and that you've been motivated by and been open to and what type of person was that 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 you'd be open to okay and what resources are out there if people are looking Uh, is there a a website like a national board there's the the coaching association you could go and look and it's slipping my mind right now I should have come in with what the letters were Um, but yeah there's a few coaching associations that you can go and look at uh, to just see the certifications and what is involved in their certification and then you know you can do somebody local you can do somebody not local it's a great thing to call out to your own network and say hey has anybody ever hired a life coach did you like them who was it because you might also be able to do it over the phone or you might want to do it in person and then you just google life coach wherever you live and see who you get okay yeah you mentioned i'll probably get some references too i mean that's one thing that's actually, I got connected to Ray. I wasn't asking for a reference, but <laughs> Chef Durnbush, I gave him a tour of the shop, and he could, I mean, I was fairly open and honest with him. I mean, you know, kind of just, as I usually am, like, just, but I don't think, I don't know, I didn't think I was doing anything usual. I think he was surprised because he was pretty bluntly honest about him. Like, hey, we tried that. That didn't work. And I was like, yeah, so I didn't, he was kind of like, oh, he's like, so I, I laughed because I must have looked like I needed some help. Because he, he said, he said, well, have you ever interested in getting some help? I said, yeah. So he had been coached by Ray and said, well, here, I got this guy to talk to. I'm like, all right, sure. Well, that, that's so important, I think, because people's egos get in the way. They're not, you know, they, a lot of people wouldn't even say, we tried this and it didn't work, you know. Because that is kind of, in a way, admitting failure and vulnerability. And we're so programmed to view those, to take a failure at work, or we tried this and it didn't work. We, we adhere that to us, you know, we, to our identity. It'd be like, that failed, therefore I am a failure. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. 
Yeah. You don't learn no, anything I think, from yeah, success. I think, what did he say? Oh, he asked me if I were ever interested in you know getting help, and I think I, my response was, "I need all the help I can yeah. get." <laughs> all the help I can get. I, I, I think I mentioned that last time. Is that that's what Ray said? Yeah. Three three qualifications for clients: they had to be honest, uh, hungry, and honorable. Mm-hmm. You know, have to be willing mm-hmm. to make the changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and want them. You know, I mean, if, if you know, absolutely, I made reluctant Paul go to coaching. He'd probably be like, "No." Uh, what? I'm just, I'm a reluctant Travis. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm reluctant Travis. No, right. don't need any He's help. Like, Perfect. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, yeah, got her all over control, I, guys. I don't, yeah, you do. I don't need to make a single change. Right. That's right. so dangerous. I think what, people, I mean, people I mean, like whether, that, yeah. it's like, you are a mess. If you think there's nothing wrong, yeah. I just, now you mentioned, uh, we talked about suspicion before. Have you ever encountered that? Where you went, see, right there, mess. Right, I think so. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. You know, we're good. Um, have you ever encountered that where uh, people were suspicious of, of you regarding life coach? I didn't experience that, but I'm sure people have. Yeah. Um, I have experienced it in speaking. Oh, really? um, where people are like, oh, she's just, you know, not being on. I mean, I've got kind of a crazy story. So as I start telling all these stories about okay. all the things that I've done, people are like, oh, she's full of crap. Oh, you know? no and, way. Everyone's yeah. done all that. Right. Okay. So I, I try to portion it out slowly. <laughs> Has that resulted in a confrontation ever? Not really. Oh, that's good. No, you just can tell that the audience isn't connecting with you uh, or nobody talks to you after or, you know, somebody does, but they're kind of <laughs> like, Looking at you with the side eye, like, <laughs> you know, thanks so, for coming. So what kind of cues do you look for when you're connecting with the audience? When people are laughing at my jokes okay. or laughing at my idiocy, whatever it is. Okay. If they're laughing, they're having fun, and they're mm-hmm. feeling comfortable. And that's that's when I do my best work. Okay. You know, when people are there and they're engaged and they're watching and they're laughing and they're nodding and they're, you know, doing all the faces and, you know, if they're in. Okay. Then, then I know that, that I got them and they're, they're on board. So once you feel like there's that give and take, then yeah. it's kind of like, all right, this is now kind of a combined entity. It's not me up here just preaching to people. No, right. right. And, and, you know, that was one of the greatest advice I ever got was when I was teaching group exercise classes. The woman that was giving me feedback said, hey, you know what, Ann? When you get up there and teach, it's not about you. And I was like, well, of course it's about me. I'm on stage. It's about me. And right, as soon as right. she's like, no, it's about them. It's about them getting what they need out of it. And as soon as I shifted my focus, it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's totally different. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of speakers don't realize that that connection happens before you start walking on stage. You're, you're talking to people. They're oh. seeing you talking to each other. You're making those connections. Okay. So you're starting to make some fans in the audience who are already on board with you because you've talked to them. And... Um, yeah, so you start to create that trust that I'm here for you guys. You know, I'm here to achieve what you want to okay. achieve. Yeah, because, you know, going back to Chris Hardwick, he's also a stand-up comic. And I know you're a huge comedy fan and mm-hmm. listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. And they talk a lot about connecting with the audience and how, you know, a lot of comedians, their goal is like, I'm going to play stadiums. And it's like a lot of them say, well, that's great, but it kind of can screw you up mm-hmm. because there's no intimacy. And comedy, like you were saying, you were using, you can tell by humor whether or not you're connecting with the audience. And obviously for a stand-up comic, that's the goal. And so when you're playing to 20,000 people, yeah, how can you tell? They said, but when you got a room of a few hundred, yeah, you know, you really can start to develop this connection and have a back and forth. It's like, how much audience interaction can you really have with 20,000 people? Right. You know, but when you got a smaller crowd... You can pick a couple of people out and have some fun with them. You can't do that at Madison Square Garden. Right. So. The, the, the key that I've found, though, when I've got a bigger audience is when it's quiet. That's a good thing? Yeah, well, yeah. I okay. mean, like, if I'm not, well, making, a, if I'm not yeah, making a sure. joke. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> if yeah, I make yeah. a joke and it's quiet, then I have a problem. Uh, sure, but, sure. like, <laughs> if, I'm, if, if I'm saying something more serious and I stop for a second to make a point and the whole room is just quiet. Mm. You're like, yeah, okay. got him. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if the audience is bigger, that's one of the things yeah. that, that helps you to connect and realize they're here. Like, they're here. Okay. Either that or they're all on their phone. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, so how do you tailor your delivery depending on the size of the room? 
it's bigger when there's a bigger audience and you're on a bigger stage and lights and all this stuff. It's a much bigger presentation. Mm. It's, um, you know, you're not able to see individuals like you said. So I'll, instead of trying to look at individuals, I'll segment the audience and make sure I'm looking to each segment. Um, and usually when it's that big, I won't go in the audience. But like if it's a smaller hundred or under, I'll be walking around up mm, in there, you know, okay. get among them and talk to them. And, and that's, you know, you really do make those connections and you can talk to people. And, uh, and it's, it's pretty fun. So that's, cool. yeah, the, the big difference. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, kind of as we're wrapping up here, I want to give a shout out to something you do in your podcast. And what words of wisdom or advice would you have uh, for the listeners? When you're scared, it's, something's right. Okay. Like, right? I mean, obviously, if you're about to get hit by a bus, get out of the way. Don't keep <laughs> yeah. going. But if, <laughs> if there's fear and trepidation. Something's, something's still right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should be scared and moving Well, right. Quickly. Exactly. Move towards your goal, which well, is yes. the other side yeah, of the road. The sidewalk. Um, but, but if there's fear, think about that. Like, what's stopping me? Is it because I'm scared to take this risk or be judged? Am I really going to be judged? Or should I go ahead and do this? Like see fear as the op- an opportunity. Okay. Because the more you embrace that, the better you get at it and the more you're going to achieve for yourself and the more you're going to go after what you want. Nice. I like that. So where can people find you then online and everywhere else? Annbonnie.com. Okay. This is my website, A-N-N-E-B-O-N-N-E-Y. Okay. Um, I'm the crazy redhead. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. And what other social media is uh, Speaker Ann Bonnie on Facebook, Speaker Ann Bonnie on Instagram, okay. and I think it's Ann Bonnie Six on Twitter. But my Twitter's not very exciting, so okay. yeah. I've heard that's kind of declining. Like, didn't Twitter just publish a bunch of numbers, and they're like way lower than like uh, previous estimates? I think so. And then they're like, yeah, we're not going to be reporting numbers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's convenient. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as yeah, as soon as your popularity tanks, yeah, you know, now we have no way to track it. How how nice. Yeah, you don't show signs of weakness, right? No that's vulnerability. Right. No, that's weakness. right. That's right. You guys have any, anything else? Any questions? No, I don't no. think so. Thanks for coming yeah. yeah. by. Yeah. 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 Thanks, yeah. Thanks for coming by. I really You're appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So.